You're listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Putnam. Welcome back to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, and I have a co-host today, currently sitting in a very echoey hotel room with Zach Small here at the 21 Convention in Orlando, Florida. Morning, Zach. Good morning, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not the first time I've brought a strange man to my room. I, I believe that. Honestly, that's not a joke. That's a, that's a statement. That's no. a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. I'm just one of many. One of many in a long line of, you're not even the greatest. Man. We'll go. You can work on it. <laughs> Something but downhill from here. It's all downhill now. <laughs> now, uh, for those of you listening, we are both at the 21 convention in Orlando, Florida, and both of us have been speakers at the Patriarch convention, uh, of which I'm going to be speaking at in just two hours. Wanted to bring to you an episode, a special Patriarchs episode, as it were, uh, while I was down here and got to sit face to face with my man, Zach. Zach, this is not your first rodeo. You've been here before. Obviously, this is my first time here. And what better way to pop my cherry than have me go on stage to open up for the closing day? Which, there's no pressure there, right? You're leading it off, man. Yeah. Honestly, like, there's no greater person to light a fire in the souls of men than a man who's been willing to let himself on fire. And then think about that. I, I don't say that to be kind. I say that, like that's why you're here. If you, if you look back on the long path of decisions made, that's why you're here. And it's it's you're a humble dude. You know, you're like, and it, with certain things, some things you're the most boisterous you didn't know, but yeah. with some things you're humble. And one of those things I think is the, the impact your decisions have made on other men and you don't realize it, but the men watching, I mean, you have an hour and a half or two hours, whatever. And you're, you're literally going to be up there. Like it's just you alone in the arena spotlights literally on you. Then you have to perform. And those men who are watching those men who receive it, you can, you can hit it. You can hit that mark. You can light those souls. Or you can you can buckle under the pressure. I don't see you doing that, but that's why you're here, man. You made the right decisions, and it got you to the point where now you can help other men come out of that and find their light in the dark world. Yeah, it's funny because I remember the first time I ever heard about Twenty One. Right, I was like, oh, it's this thing that this guy Hunter goes to. <laughs> right, that's all I knew about it. I killed that man. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I joined Twitter January 2019. Threw you a random DM about logos in March, I believe. And then I, you know, I was following you because I heard about you through Ryan Mickler. And I knew Ryan had gone somewhere because I'd been following him on Facebook for a while. Uh, and then I really started seeing it. And I was like, hey, there looks like a really cool group of guys. It'd be cool to attend one of those things. Never did I imagine that in less than two years, I would be a speaker at one of the main events. So it's been a crazy turn. But what I have noticed here is the amount of interaction between all of the men who are attending, right? It's, it's cool. We talk about it a lot on Twitter, you know, lead your family, be the patriarch, act like a man, behave as a man should, and teach your sons to be good men. And it's cool because we see these guys online and they say, yes, I'm, I'm definitely working on that with my kids, with my family, came through a hard situation, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But here, these guys paid a lot of money to be here, to see us speak. 
So they're not LARPing. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not accusing people online, you know, who are, who are, you know, interact with us and say, yes, hundred percent got to do this. I'm working on this and that. I'm not saying they're LARPing, but you can't tell because it's just a face on a screen. It might not even be the real profile picture unless you've met them. Right. But here it's the coolest goddamn thing I've ever seen with these young men. One guy brought his kids, which is cool. That's awesome. The guy with two sons. Yeah, that is awesome. And I see them and I like, these guys are literally paying money because they know they've got to fix their shit. And for my being a first timer here, that just blew my mind. And I, it's, I can really see that. Okay. These motherfuckers are real. Right. Was it like that for you? The first time you came here to speak, dude, so let's go back. You said, you know, 100%, you know, you, you believe the guys are, are saying and doing the right thing. I'm, I'm much less generous. I don't, I mean, even with you, and I told you, dude, we've met for years. So let me rephrase that. We came across each other on Twitter for, and for years now, or I guess almost it, it feels like years now because that's how like much years. it is to tolerate this personality. That is Jeff Putnam. Yeah. <laughs> Dealing yeah. with you is one year feels like 10. Being friends with me is like masturbating with a cheese grater. This is those why. This is why. <laughs> those words right there. I cannot wait to hear you speak. <laughs> but that that's that's it, man. Like, I knew you. Uh, we we video chatted. You're an FOE. You see behind the scenes. I share, We've shared a lot of personal, intimate things together. But still, I'd not shaken your hand. I'd not looked you in the eyes. And I'd not fully met you. And you came here, shook hands, broke bread, you, uh, shared ideas in person, flushed things out, had some cigars. You you had your pipe, you know, you had the full fucking sailor thing going. And I'm just like, yeah, this man is who he says he is. And now it's 100%. Well, now I'm a sailor because that's what Jack Donovan called me. Stand by for the photos. If you're listening to this, find Jeff Putnam's Jack Donovan photos. It is legit. Yeah, that was fun. But when I first came, my first time, I realized some men were real, some men were not, and you could see it. You can see those who are like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing this. I'm so happy." And you meet them in person; they're disheveled, they're overweight, they're, they're they lack all total confidence, and they can't hold themselves in a conversation with a man in person. They're they're very confident on their YouTube channel when they're telling men how to be men and shoulders back, eyes forward, walk into the world like it's your world. It's a totally different thing if you took that person to sit down in my chair right now and talk to you face to face. They couldn't do it. Right. And that's you learn who has it and who does not. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it, you can see the ones that show up here. I mean, for the fact that they paid the money here, I don't think, and maybe this is me still being unjaded, but for me, to pay money to go to something called the 21 convention or the patriarch con, you know, convention. You have to have some skin in the game because it wasn't cheap to get here. These people are taking a lot of time out of their lives away from their families. Maybe they don't have families and they're looking to level up to be a good man to start a family. Right. But the ones that I saw here, the, all the attendees that have annoyingly, I'm just kidding, fanboy me in the elevator. While I was on the phone with my wife, <laughs> yeah, that that did happen. It was like, dude, I'm on the phone. But anyway, to see these guys actually interacting with the speakers and literally being sincere is the word, right? To sit down and we broke bread with all of the attendees last night at the Heroes Dinner. 
And we had an amazing conversation with people that we've never met and never heard of. And you find out just how far your reach is going because there's this random guy. He's like, yeah, I am Wayne's World 972345 on Twitter. And I've been following you for, you know, for the entire time you've been on. And I just want you to know that you inspire me. And that's why I came here. You see how far those ripples go. And I, that's why I think that the people that are here, you can believe that they're here for the reason of trying at the very least. Absolutely. I mean, think about, so you, you had that conversation with the guy saying that, you know, think about all the, the thousands of others who are also, whenever you post a, a tweet, like, oh, that's cool. Or whenever you share something that happened with, you know, your boys, your daughter, like, oh, that's, that's really cool. I want to make sure I, those guys for maybe it was time, maybe it was finances. You never know if they're out there. You know, yeah. like you'll never know. And that's the beauty of it is you're like, wow, now that you've come here, now that you had just one person, it's like, whoa, this is real. And for me, I think that's when I started to really take it more professionally mm -hmm. is when I realized these are real lives and this is real change. And these are real men, you know, with 22 Congo and these are real women now, you know, this convention, there are three conventions at one time and all the speakers are swapping around and we're making it. And it's like a, a well-oiled machine. And it's being run during Corona. And there's so many reasons why this should fail. Yet here we are inspiring and helping these men. And just this morning, I walked down to, to get my coffee. There's Jeff Putnam sitting across from Jack Donovan sitting next to one of the attendees. And I'm like, those are the moments. You know, people see the speeches on YouTube. They'll see it on, you know, wherever they can find the platform. They'll never see that. And the men who attend, you know, who like, man, a lot of they work and they take care of their family. But now they finally get to sit and relax and have discussions that have nothing to do with the stage. It's off the stage. It, it's quiet. It's behind closed doors. It's at the table having dinner. It's all these things. And that's where the true growth and true connection comes from is being able to sit with somebody and just relax as a man and be like, you get it too. Think like my whole neighborhood, my whole community, they don't get it, but you get it. And I yeah. can sit here and it's, it's refreshing. It's motivating. Like there's nothing greater, at least for my soul, and to fuel me to do this year after year after year. Like it's, it gets stressful. People don't realize like it gets like you get lost in your head. You think too much. And like you're like, man, but remember that time that that father told you like, hey, my relationship with my son, my relationship with my wife, my daughter has improved because you took the time to share your perspective on life with the world. Like we're doing right now with this podcast. Yeah. You made this. Hey, do you want to record something? Let's go. Yeah. You know, the conversations that I've had. Let me back it up. I'll say first off, I'm fucking tired. Okay. I'm fucking tired. I've stayed on my schedule getting up to go to the gym, you know, four o'clock in the morning because I don't want to fuck that up when I go home, but I'm fucking tired. Speaker, 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 dinner, then cigars and pipes with the guys. And then you've got all these different attendees coming up. Hey, one guy yesterday just walked right out onto the pool deck. I was sitting there uh, getting ready to go back inside. One of the attendees ran up. Hey man, do you mind if I sit with you? Pull up a chair, brother. And he poured his life out, you know. And we sat there for 20 minutes. I missed the first part of Ivan Throne's speech, which sucked, but the, the rest of it was amazing. Um, but the guy just poured his life out and asked what I thought. And we talked, you know, get, I mean, just 20 minutes because we were both trying to get inside to watch the, uh, the speakers. But I've had little moments like that with random people that I see walk by and they recognize me from the bill. 
and they're like, hey, you're that guy who stood up and told Elliot Hulse he had nine kids, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, well, listen, I'm a father of da-da-da. How do you, you know, whatever. And just these little bitty conversations, and some of them don't last more than five minutes, you know? And he's like, I want to pick your brain. I'll, I'll hit you up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. And these little five-minute conversations, and you can see that they're just it's weird to me because you can see that it made their day to hear your perspective one-on-one to their particular situation, because I can drop a thousand tweets into hype fury, right? That are all basic generic information and advice on how you should, you know, navigate the waters of marriage and fatherhood and being a patriarch for your family. But when I had to have the conversation with these guys and I tell them, I fuck up every single day. Like there's shit that my wife will literally remind me because I told my wife, you know, keep me accountable. If you see me fucking up, let me know so I can adjust fire. Right. And I get told I'm fucking up a bit, quite a bit. Right. People think I've got it all together and it's because they see the highlight reel on social media. Right. We don't, I don't have time or really the will to put a bunch of private shit out of, the nitty gritty. My wife was mad because I didn't put my socks up or some shit, you know, it's stupid, but all the combined shit that we struggle with, you know, you and your wife, you with your kids, me with, you know, my wife and kids, we fuck up and stumble and struggle every day, but we have people here at this event that are, are looking at us like we're on this whole nother plane and level thinking, you know, these guys have it fucking together. No, no, no. We're on the same journey you guys are. We're on the same journey as everybody else that's watching us speak. We've just fucked up more than them and learned more. I think that's the beauty of it, though. I mean, for them, so for us, we're like, yeah, these guys are getting after it. And then they come here and it, it strips that away. They're like, oh, you're just a regular dude. Like, yeah. Yes. I wish I was the, the, the average of this nation. I wish, like, my, the way I operated was normal the only reason it's exceptional in any way is because the bar has dropped so low i'm not operating at some higher level i'm operating at what should be every man's normal level right you know and when they come here and they sit down they're like oh so you you just sit and you know you bring your family together and you have discussions oh yeah as if i never thought about doing that (laughs) okay why yeah it's just for whatever reason in that man's life that's the most reason i can think of from last night you know that just never cemented you know maybe that his parents didn't do with him and therefore he didn't have that example and he's like oh well i guess one day you know we sat down to eat and the kids went and watched tv my wife went and played her phone and we just never went back to a scheduled dinner for all of us and for whatever reason you know that's that became the new routine and all it took was sitting down and i'm like yeah i do this all the time like that's what my family does we sit and we eat together and i I ask them questions and he's like well i'm gonna start trying that i'm like yeah dude like don't go home and kick down the door and i went to 21 con family we're flipping it over we're going to be like prepping and we're going to be all sitting together and it's like dude everybody's going to go deadlift in the front yard <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like you're taking a piece of like elliot holes jack murphy like something i shared something you shared and you're trying to like i'm like no brother take this information and apply it in your way yeah run it through the filter of you because you're a patriarch you're the leader of that clan and you can't do it just way uh-huh. you, like he can yeah. but that's different yeah like the way I run my life can't be the way they run theirs. And I think that's why it's so profound when I talk to these guys and they're like, they're telling me the intimate details of their issues. And I'm like, okay, 
I've never experienced that. But if I was there, I would try this. And you see the light bulbs coming off because it's just an outside perspective, right? I can't look at your life and model my life after years. You know, none of my kids go and play baseball, you know, and, you know, my, uh, my wife ain't about that Jeep life, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't, that, that doesn't work for me. And what works for you doesn't work for me. And I think that's a big problem that people have when they come across and I hate the goddamn word gurus, you know, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever they are, they see guys uh, with big followings and people are like taking their advice. Like it's written in fucking stone or some shit that works for me. Right. If I don't know your particular details, I can't even begin to tell you what I would do in your situation, right? Because I might be like, oh, you don't have but one leg? Fuck it. Walk it off. You know, I would walk it off. I would just kidnap a pirate and steal his leg. We're good. But for you and what your situation is, I don't know the relationship history with your wife, past issues with your kids or yourself, what your background and baggage is. I don't know that. But when we're here and I'm just sitting there and I've got a cigar and, you know, club soda with lime, which is apparently now my favorite goddamn drink. Dude. That's good. Right? Dude. Yeah. 89 days today. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you, and you talk to these guys and they just ask you, ask you questions and pick their rain. They're asking from a spot because they can look at you and see that you're not this giant mountain of a figure. They're, they're asking you from a spot of like uh, equality, you know, on this equal plane, like, all right, you're just this guy I met, you know, at the bar and we're just talking shit. They don't have this, like they're reaching out to a celebrity kind of mindset because we're not fucking celebrities, you know, or Jack Donovan is because he gets stopped by a random dude in the street. This is a true story. Yeah. But, you know, we're not, we're not celebrities. We're just dads and we're just husbands and we fuck up. But when these guys come and talk to us and they ask us, so with my wife and with my kids, da 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 da, they're asking like with full honesty and sincerity, not trying to keep it vague like over online does, you know. And you really can make these connections, and you hope that they take some of what you told them and just put little pieces in to start the adjustment phase on their life. Like how cool would it be if this was normal? Like if, if men getting together to have these discussions was just normal. Like yeah. you know, this once a, like if you can go to an AA meeting once a week or once a month, why could you not go to a convention or a, a, a communal get together with with true focus on on male strengths and virtues that are uncommon nowadays? Like hey, like we're getting together a group of ten dudes. And we're going to go somewhere isolated for the weekend and we're going to do our thing. Or even just the day. We start on early Saturday, we come home. and But in those 12 hours you were gone, you had discussions you can't have with your wife and kids. You did things, you know, you, you got to have share the jokes you can't share with the wife and kids. The personal problems, I mean, all that. You went out, you, you experienced something together. And you're like, all right, brothers, I'll see you in a month. Like, yes, yeah. you were talking about, you know, one of your family members where you cannot see them forever. You see them, everything's great. Hey, what's up? Love you. All right, have a good life. See you in a little bit. 10 years later, you pick up and it's not like, oh, where you been? It's like, no, hey, great to see you. I'm genuinely I'm happy. Yeah. And it's like for us, I wish, like I wish you and I met earlier. And now after this, I'm like, dude, we can't go like another year or more. No, like let's, let's find something in between. Yeah. Like you and Sam Thorpe are the best friends I've never met. And now you're off that list, which leaves Sam Thorpe. 
Yeah, just Sam. <clears throat> Sam, I know you're going to listen to this, so I just want you to know I won. <laughs> but no, it doesn't even have to be like an isolated spot. I don't see why men couldn't just start. I mean, hell, step out of your comfort zone, pull your neighbors. Hey, everybody's going to go meet at the ball field. If you want to bring bats and balls, cool. And if you don't, don't. But we're going to try to get 100 dudes to just show up and do nothing. Every single dude would be down to do that, all right, because something's going to come of that. Everything – look, you put five guys, you know, alone on the side of the street, they're going to start shuffling their feet, talking shit, and next thing you know, they come up with a game where they're throwing gravel at a tree. That literally happens. That's the old – hey, I bet you I can hit that tree with this rock. And then real conversations come from guys, right? You know, the, the was it Friday night here, we were all sitting around the pool – smoking pipes, smoking cigars. And there was long periods of silence where we were just sitting there. No one said a goddamn word. There might have been one or two side conversations, you know, going on between people who were sitting right next to each other. But what happened? It was five of us. And then there was 10 of us. And then we just kept having to slide our chairs further and further away from the table because more and more people just kept showing up. I think and you ended up in the middle of that circle. I ended up in the middle of the circle, and I felt like I was going to be lynched. I came in behind you and dropped my chair, and it pinned you in the middle of it. And it's like 10 dudes, and then Jeff in the middle. Yeah. Like, this is and like, I think Jeff, a game for this. Yeah, because I got uh, Tony Bruno sitting right behind me, right? George Bruno's brother. He's sitting right behind me. Jack Donovan's right beside him. I've got you on my flank over here. I'm yelling across to Jimmy, Right. And I'm like, okay, I'm surrounded now. And we kept, the circle kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what would happen in real life, all right? You get 10 dudes doing jack shit in a park, just sitting, chilling, maybe throwing back some beer or whatever, and real conversations happen. That's the biggest thing that I've seen here is all these guys that have never met, they have no problem walking up to a random dude and striking up a real conversation about the fucking rain here in Florida and it evolves into an hour long conversation where they're helping each other and giving each other advice that can happen where you live. You don't have to plan shit. You know, I see like great guys like Zach Hummel, right? Fucking love him. He's leading. Yes. He's leading men's retreats, you know, out into the Colorado wilderness or Texas or wherever he wants to go five, 10 guys at a time. You don't have to take it that far. You can just, Hey, everybody's going to meet down here at, you know, at the edge of the river. We might, you know, we might skip stones. We might fish. We might try to drown each other. Who knows? Just show up. Real conversations happen. But I feel like, and I've known it to be real, but this is the first time I've seen it. Every man out there is hungry for connection with other men. Right? I've experienced it in the fraternity of excellence. I've experienced it here at 21 con I've experienced it, you know, just with the camaraderie of association that you have, you know, friends by proximity at work, you can see it, but here men from all over the country are showing up together. They've never met each other. They're shaking hands and then they become best friends and they're sharing intimate details about their life. And it's because where they live, they don't have that. 
I don't have actual friends where I live, right? I tried already, but my neighbors are dipshits, all right? And they can listen to this podcast and know it. But when you come here and you see other guys who are, again, just regular fucking dudes, right? And then you just sit down, you break bread, you have a cigar, you smoke a pipe, you know, throw back some drinks or whatever. Real conversations just magically happen because we're wired as men to do that. And I, I, that's the most beautiful fucking thing I've ever seen. It, for those who get it, that's like poetry, like living poetry. You're like, oh, that's so cool. Like that, even now, the, some of the guys who showed up to 21, you know, they they showed up a little timid because they, you bought a ticket to go see these guys that you've been following, you somewhat know, and then you get here and it's overwhelming. There's so many dudes, so much happening, and you you have to insert yourself. But how many people in life just watch things play by and they they never insert into the life? They're just observing it, and that's one of the most beautiful things. But also, so I'm the co-host, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so I get to ask you questions. So I want to flip it just a little bit. All right. So you are about to speak. This is going to be your first time taking the stage. This is excellent primer, by the way. Like, this is the greatest warm-up. I wish I did this before I spoke. Because <laughs> I, I was nervous as hell. When you go on that stage, what is the main message you're hoping people take from everything? They're not going to hear the speech. I don't want you to give away too much. But for those listening to this, it'll already be out there. So... What is it that you, if, if what is the, the swan song of Jeff Putnam? You're going to die today on that stage. You had one, you know, lesson from your speech. What do you want it to be? Overall, I will give you the summary of my speech that is not one of the 37 pages that I've written because I'm not going to use either one of those. <laughs> it is you are the first and final point. That is the ultimate message. You are the first and final point of your legacy. I like that. Yeah, that's good. I ran through this with Anthony yesterday at the table and he was getting all fucking jazzed and I started riffing. I was like, okay, I got to shut up before I give away my speech. <laughs> I'm going to lose my juice. <laughs> now, to go back to the point, I mean, literally, we're sitting here having coffee. If this microphone wasn't on, We'd be sitting here having coffee. Maybe not here. I don't know why I'd be in your room. We'd probably still be down by the pool with Jack or with uh, with Jack and uh, Well, nailed it. I wanted to see if you got yes, it. Yes, nailed it. He hears this. I've met so many. Name. I've met so many people. He's a public guy, so I have no problem talking about. But something I appreciate too is the privacy that's here. Oh yeah, you, there's no. We have top security. The guys like there's been no issues. And again, we're talking about masculinity. The 22 convention is running. Make Women Great Again. Yeah. We're all like, I don't know how that's going to go down. Yeah. Nobody knows I, I, haven't been, I haven't been in there, though, because I'm because I'm speaking at Patriarch. I've been in Patriarch. No, that's best. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe if I take 21 next year, I will be in 21 and Patriarch. Yeah. Right? But I wanted to kind of get my feet like firmly planted on a solid foundation of what I'm expected to do. That's awesome. And you're going to be at a red man group later. It's, I don't think I'll make that one because of my flight. Oh, son of a, yeah. Beasting. Yeah. I'm not going to get you demonetized, but goddamn, that's fine. <laughs> I've said goddamn like eight times. Okay. I'm still monetized. I have monthly contributors and sponsors. I'm good. I want to bring it back to something you said too. you know, Phil Foster at evolved Phil on Twitter. 
he he also gave his first speech. Another FOE man. So we had four FOE men take the stage. It's incredible. That's a record, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, we're crushing it. So yeah. <laughs> total plug right there. Phil, you should join the FOE. <laughs> Better plug right there. One hundred percent. You should join the FOE. If you don't, you are a feminist. You have a decision to make now. Yeah, and you prefer vegan food. Oh yeah, you really hit them. Oh yeah. <laughs> to Phil, <laughs> we're talking about being regular guys. We're talking about being regular men, and he's a perfect example of. He showed his before photo. Everybody knows Phil as the intense guy, the guy who's super fucking, super motivated and driven, you know, but he showed his before photos like he wasn't always like that, but he was able to dial himself in and he fixed it. And all of a sudden that guy that nobody can relate to, you're like, oh, I was your before picture and look at you. I can become that. And yeah. I think that gives a message of hope. Yeah. I was amazed at Fat Phil. <laughs> I have never seen Fat Phil. Neither I never I. wanted to. I'm glad I never met Fat Phil, but <laughs> Phil and I were talking about it yesterday. A lot of people can't relate to him because they think, well, you don't know what it's like to have been me. Because to look at Phil, you look, I would automatically assume that he was just like skinny fat, you know, what uh, AJ Cortez uses. You know, he's skinny fat. He never uh, was overweight. He just wasn't jacked and he got jacked. You don't realize what he came down from. And so he's able to go, no, 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 no. I wasn't skinny fat. I was big bitch fat. <laughs> All right. Because he called himself, I was a big bitch. And he became what he is now, this intense fucking beast that it's incredible to like just hold his gaze and like talk to him. You're like, oh shit, I can feel him like staring into my soul. But yeah, it's it's easy to look at the today and forget about the yesterday of what people were. Right. And so I think that's what makes it very easy to relate to a lot of the guys when you can actually sit down and talk with them one-to-one -one because you get more of the backstory. Hey, this is Nate from Unlimited Live Concepts, and we teach people how cash flow strategy can be just as powerful as investing. Imagine being able to earn interest off of every dollar that flows through your hands, whether you're spending it or saving it. We offer a lifetime membership to our financial education platform for $77, but right now you can use promo code RUGGEDLEGACY and save 50% off. All right, this is part two of the special Patriarch edition episode of the Rugged Legacy podcast. The first part was recorded in my hotel room in Orlando, Florida at the 21 convention with my first time ever co-host, Zach Small. He's with me today, joining me from his home in Rhode Island, because the second part that we recorded had some files corrupted. So rather than continuing that conversation, we're going to take off on a new perspective of what we learned in the hours after our original conversation and how that affected us both. So, Zach, welcome back to being the co-host, brother. Thanks, man. It's cool, Jeff, you know, to, to have these conversations. But like you said, I'm in the, sh in the shed now. You're at your home. It's not quite the same. But, I mean, it, too much of a good thing, you know. You become desensitized to it. So I like this touch and goes, and we'll appreciate it next time we can sit down and record in person again. 
Yeah, we'll definitely have to pick a less echoey hotel room, though. I thought we'd just sit in the tub is perfect. <laughs> I mean, the wine was nice, but <laughs> really. <said> <laughs> But yeah, so the, the the first part of this conversation, we were sitting there in my hotel room. It was uh, about two hours before I had to take the stage, and we were talking about how uh, the energy was different between how people will perceive the speakers that go on stage when they only get to view their content, you know, online from a, a well-rehearsed-looking perspective versus when they come to an event like 21Con and they get to sit down and break bread with these people and it's an entirely different kind of energy. Uh, what would you say was the biggest takeaway from this event? I know you've done more uh, than I have. This was my first one. This was, I think, your third. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, what was your takeaway from this event versus some of the previous ones that I didn't go to? So for the first part of the question or topic, is you know men see these other men online and before i started the family alpha and i started really writing and sharing through social media taking photos and whatnot i despised social media i loathed it and people that had all these followers and people that were sharing all these aspects of their life you know it's you, you build this image of them as to like they're this 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 other entity there there's this other type of person and you're not like them and they're different and there's something interesting about their life and the way they operate and things like that to where you remove the human nature of them you remove the aspect that they're just a man that, that's all they are they're nothing more nothing less they're just a person who has happens to have a microphone in front of them like we do now a camera and they're sharing a message and when you sit down and you meet these men and i'm, I'm sure you saw it when men sat down with you like oh jeff you're just a normal dude you know that you, you write a lot, you talk a lot, you have strong beliefs and feelings, but you're just a man. And at the end of the day, that's the constant reminder we have to keep giving them is like, you look at these people and you're like, oh, Jack Murphy, there's something about, he's like a renegade out there for politics, you know, fighting for the truth. Uh, the Tate brothers, multi-millionaires, supercars, are these greater than these, these guys that are on this level that you, people will never reach. And it's like, nah, they're just men. And when you, when you, that really clicks, it's like, oh, well, if they can do this, I can too. If they can fix their marriage, if they can find a way to make money, you know, from multiple streams, if they can find a way to put their children in positions to succeed, I can too. And to me, that's the con like I'm constantly hammering that home is like guys got to realize like we're all just operating on the same sphere, and we've got to just do the best with what it is that we have. And it's always my hope that more blogs start, more podcasts start, more voices rise up to help the other men who might need some help. Now, as far as patriarchs and things to take home. Uh, or rather the difference from this 21 I see and this is because Anthony has really pushed the patriarchs out of the house uh well Tanner and I we were tag teaming it you know when the when this first started it's like these are my people these are family men these are men with children these are men with wives you know and there's a lot of there's a lot going on in the pickup artist community there's a lot going on in men's rights but with the focus on family that patriarchs brings to the table you know, I see even larger people coming together, you know, larger groups, more voices, more attention and energy is being put on families. And for us to bring that home from this event, I mean, dude, I, my, my freaking brand is called the family alpha. <laughs> like, I'm all about this. It's fantastic to see it. I mean, it, I love that you went on stage. What you did up there was incredible. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's to have all these family men coming together. And even the single guys that came into the group talking to us, it's like, 
Yeah, you know, it's not frowned upon that all family men are browbeaten dudes who are just good plow horses. Like, no, these are men who are still getting after it, still strong men who are bringing their message to the table while leading a family. And it's been really cool to see that grow. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you and I, we were having a, a lunch with Ivan Throne before he uh, took the stage at the for his second Patriarch's Talk. And it's a completely different energy. And we got to see firsthand that, okay, this is just a regular guy. You know, he's laughing, telling us stories about his kid. And, you know, his wife's over there laughing and talking. And then when he took the stage, he turned into this epic monster of a man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's nice that that's one thing I did notice. It is nice when the attendees were coming up and they were like, you know, you talked about a lot of the same things that I deal with on a day to day basis, you know, and there, I had no idea that. You know, my story is not really hidden. I put it out there for everybody to read, but it was just, I don't know. It felt more personal shaking hands with these guys and having conversation. You know, I, uh, right after my speech, I had one of the attendees come up with tears in his eyes and he was trying to choke it back while we were talking in the hallway. And, you know, I was like, come on, man, let's just go outside. I'm going to smoke my pipe and we'll talk. And it was just two guys having a conversation about, you know, struggling with the relationship they have with their kids and, how to make those connections, especially with teenagers who start to kind of alienate themselves a little bit from, uh, you know, be it under dad's wing because they, you know, they have that independent streak they want to start taking off on. But it was cool, you know. It's it was nice to see that even from my perspective, I'm not unique in any way because I think we can get lost in that. We're like, you know, we're we're helping men. You know, be better husbands, men, fathers, brothers, sons, and we sometimes have that lens of, you know, hey, I'm on stage, I'm the one delivering this, and like we, you and I talked about previously, and it was mentioned this morning, you don't take your own foot off your own gas pedal while you're trying to get everybody to put theirs on, and so that was a nice little reminder, you know, that I'm I'm nowhere near as unique as I sometimes think I am when. I, I'm trying to put content out for other guys. Well, that's that's the duality we have to face, though, isn't it? You know, we, we you have to see yourself as like the man, and at the same time, you're just a man. And those mm -hmm. two come together harmoniously when you when you remove you know some pretentious attitude of like, oh, look at me, I did this, I've got five thousand followers, I'm a champion. You're like, dude, you're just a dude. And as long as you stay focused on that, you're going to last a long time. The guys who think that they let this go to their head, you know, you're. You start becoming a caricature and you start becoming this thing you think you're supposed to be and you're just this I, I hate it it drives me crazy like look just be a man like own that like own whatever it is you are and don't it's not the beard that makes you you it's not shooting guns that makes you a man it's not whiskey and, and cigars and like even though we do those things and we enjoy those things <laughs> none of that is what makes us men and that that's a big distinguishing thing is like you don't act like like do you be you, live your life, and that's the message in itself. Like all these extra things are just parts of things that you enjoy. They're all like little components of you, but it's really you, like that fire inside that keeps you going. And like that man you sat down with and you had that conversation with, you know, how many men don't have a single man like that in their life that they can have that conversation with? And that's the biggest part of this is you find your group where you're like, oh, I can talk about the things society has told me is off limits. I can't talk to my wife about, you know, certain things I can talk to you about. You're a father, you're a man, you get it. And you're not gonna look at me like, oh, 
is taboo. Like this morning, we were talking about hormones. You know, you bring up that you're trying to dial in your testosterone. People outside are like, you want to be on steroids and you're trying to do all this because wow, you're a, oh, a big muscle man. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying to fix my life. And nobody has an issue if you're dealing with diabetics. Nobody has an issue if you're trying to fix your thyroid. Nobody cares if you're going to give a child Ritalin. But if a man says he wants to fix his hormones with testosterone, there's an issue. Because men are supposed to be inside this little fucking mold. And if you're not sitting inside that box, you know, people aren't happy. You make them uncomfortable. And, and that's what we, we're entirely against. I want men outside the box. I want them out. I want them thriving and not just surviving. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the prime things that, you know, we made sure of at uh, the 21 con last week was the privacy and security of other guys, right? People who didn't want to be made public, we made sure that, you know, they were never on camera. They were never in front of the screen. Uh, their names were never divulged. And the only reason we're doing this is you know it pisses me off and i was thinking about it last night um there's there, there's this element out there where if you are you know trying to talk about things that need to be talked about but i guess you can call it the the status quo of society turns around and goes well you can't say these things you can't talk about these things because we just don't like the way they make us feel people are getting shamed for that kind of shit you know there's, there's guys who have employers that if they found out they went to this convention, they would be fucking blacklisted. And it's ridiculous. I it's have that photo fucking ridiculous. And I had, dude, I felt like I was doing graffiti in a Bible when I was blurring out faces on that FOE photo. But it's because those men, they will literally lose their job because they attended a convention designed to help men be better men. Dude, I've, I, I honestly felt bad. And like inside our group, yeah, you know, I can share the photos, we can see whatever, you know, we know them in. But I literally can't share that publicly because they will lose their job. That is disgusting. And I felt horrible doing it. But I wanted to also show at the same time, like, look, man, there is hope. And you know, oh, Zach, he's Mr. Optimist. You're fucking right. <laughs> like, the, I see men every day getting after it. You know, I see you with your family. You know, you're going to these NASCAR events. I see growth. I see promotion. I see men succeeding. I can't help but feel positive for our future, even while the world's on fire. Yeah, same here. You know, and I think the coolest thing uh, was that one attendee who brought his sons to the <laughs> convention. <laughs> Two, yeah, sons, <laughs> plural, uh, and had them sit through the patriarch talk and. I think that was amazing that, you know, he had the foresight, you know what, I'm going to be teaching my sons this, so it's better that they have a reference point to look at. You know, it's going to be things that I'm implementing in their lives, and I, I think that it would, you know, help him have a level of accountability. You know, hey, well, Dad, you learned this, and you're not doing what you said. You know, that will kind of push on, you know, uh, again, his accountability to keep him, you know, dialed in on what he needs to do. But all those guys that went there who are who are literally afraid to talk about the things that they're you know they the things that they talked about at the convention the things that we talk about in private because the public eye is going to shun us just like you said for hey I want to dial in my testosterone or um, I want to get better at dating my wife you know uh, I want to retire my wife where she can stay home immediately there's just just 
screeching in the background of, well, you're, you want to be on steroids. You're a chauvinist. You want to keep her locked up in the kitchen making sandwiches and giving blowjobs. And I mean, well, yeah, those things are nice. But, you know, no one can have a conversation anymore and no one can have a difference of opinion uh, about something that just doesn't quite check all the politically correct boxes. And that's the one thing that I noticed at uh, this convention was that all the attendees and all the speakers, you could you could literally see that there was a weight taken off their shoulders where they didn't have to have a guard up of, oh, I can't say this because someone's going to try to dox me or cancel me or any of that shit. They don't have to worry about some prick of a boss calling them into the HR office and saying, look, we found out that you clicked like, you know, on this Facebook or Twitter or Instagram post, and it goes against our company values. So you're fired. Fuck you and your family. So let, let me, t- I'm the co-host, right? Yeah. All right. So I get to ask you questions as well. <laughs> so let me ask you this as a first time attendee, you know, it's probably, I'm going to assume here, this is the largest manosphere uh, get together you've been a part of. Do you think are we're skewed as content creators because we're online that we see a lot of the anti-male rhetoric going on that we're overlooking the fact that the, the majority are just normal people that are living good lives and they are just doing their thing and it's working or are things in such shambles that we're just seeing it through social media and whatnot i i ask myself this a lot so that's why i'm asking you i think it's a little bit of both man uh obviously there is uh, a problem with men being allowed to be men. We, I mean, hell, that's why Rugged Legacy was fucking born. It was a, a pushback against P&G and Gillette and all that other shit, you know, shaming men for fighting with each other and being competitive and, you know, just being who they are. But I think I don't have this pessimistic view that a lot of people have that, go really deep into the red pill and, you know, women, bad men, victim shit. Uh, For me, I think a lot of dudes who are not on social media and don't have uh, any inclination to join for any reason, I think they're just living normal lives. Yeah, there's some things that they could improve on, like all of us have to, but I don't think it's this massive thing where every single dude out there is being his wife's bitch you know he has a life that he enjoys and if he has an issue i don't think there are enough resources for him as far as you know other guy friends because that we all know that when you get married uh, one of the symptoms that, that comes along is you start losing all of your original guy friends because you have less and less time to spend with them because you have responsibilities and obligations as a family man which is fine but they don't have anybody to tell them that it's okay to go out of town with your buddies and have a good time or just go have a beer or play golf or shoot guns or climb a mountain or whatever. But I think because we are on social media, we see a lot more of the downside of it because we engage and interact with people who bring the problems they do have to the table that we get to see. That's where I've been finding myself as well. It's that, you know, we see a lot of these people and these examples of men that need a total overhaul, you know, but in all reality, a majority of men, just minor tweaks. You know, like yeah. you said, being able to go out 
once a month, you know, to go on a camping trip or go see the dudes or getting back to their hobbies of shooting or motorcycle, like whatever the hell it is. You know, I think it's just the minor things for majority of men, but those that are extreme need the most focus. So that's where we direct our attention is like, dude, you, you're gonna like end up killing yourself. Like you're, you're literally like, you're on the brink of like death. And like, let's, let's help those guys. But a lot who, who are in FOE, a lot who, you know, you're interacting in the DMs and whatnot, or even see at 21, they're just trying to fix like minor tweaks. Like, all right, you, you gotta dial your diet in, you know, let's lay off the beer. Or you gotta get like uh, like Phil with his speech, you know, just get your hormones checked. You know, you might be squared away working out, you've got an okay physique, you wanna go to that next level, or maybe, you know, sexually, you're not where you used to be. Well, it's not old age, you know, it's just a minor thing. You know, you gotta check your levels. You gotta see where you're looking at on the inside. So I'm, I'm trying to balance that message now. It's like, look, it's not so hyper extreme, but let's not overlook the extreme and then lose ourselves to just solely focusing on that. Because a lot of dudes are just normal dudes who just want to like hang out and be like, hey, I attended the convention, I got a few more friends and I'm going to go out and I'm going to start a thing at home and have your own little get togethers weekly or whatever it is. Yeah, I feel the same. But again, we get kind of like how social media is the highlight reel. It's sometimes the low light reel. And so we focus all of our attention on the extreme makeovers, as it were, yeah. you know. But now I think for the most part, you know, a lot of guys just need one or two things dialed in. And they're not nearly as hopeless as they think they are. But I think because we spend so much time on the big makeovers, that's why we have so much pushback of, oh, you're just trying to be this guru and all that other horse shit. So to shift it back to 21 for a minute, what – you know, you shared with us, like, you're charged up, you're fired up. Is there anything you've changed now that you've met us all? Like, you and I got to shake hands, made it official. You know, you went home. You have a new angle or a new motivation, or is there anything different about you after meeting all the men compared to before? I think I just kind of stepped it up a notch. You know, I've always been on, well, not always, but since I started this journey, um, I've been working on improving the relationship with my kids, improving the relationship with my wife, uh, improving my business, improving myself um, in order to improve all these other things. And, man, I'm still fired up. I'm fucking exhausted, but I am still fired up from uh, this past weekend. And I think that energy... Uh, I think right now I'm doing everything I can to keep that energy going, but not to the point where I'm going to burn out. But it's shifted my perspective a little bit that, you know, what we do, especially when that one guy, like I said, came up to me crying about, you know, how he's struggling with a relationship with his son and is killing him. Um, that what we do is real. You know, we people can hate on us all day long, but I don't care if a thousand people laugh at me if one guy you know, got something out of it and it fixed his relationship with his son or himself or whoever. That's great. You know, it makes it all worth it. Fuck the haters. But I think just that energy that I brought back, I'm doing everything I can to keep that energy going here at home. And it's, I've, I've noticed a difference between the week before the convention and this past week after the convention, definitely in the energy level uh, of my entire family. So my first one was 2017 and I, it was that same vibe that I brought home. You know, I wasn't getting paid. Yeah. You know, I wasn't getting anything from it. I was just writing and recording. And after meeting the men, like I brought it home to Jackie and I was like, like, this is real. 
Like this isn't like a, a fun hobby of mine. Like this is changing lives. And that in itself is like, I've got to do more. I want to write more. I want to record more. I want to talk more. You know, I just doubled down on all aspects of just creation because I knew those are all ropes. Those are all resources that might keep a guy, you know, from taking the wrong path. Or maybe finding hope, finding somebody that's like him. You know, it's, you see too many men who, well, I've got the beard and I've got the guns, but I'm so fucking sad. You're missing an element, brother. You're missing that connection with other men. You need to connect. You need to have that bond, you know? And then it like masculinity as a whole, it's not something you do, it's who you are. Right, yeah, it's not just a task that needs to be checked off the to-do list. Oh, I flexed my bicep today, I'm good, <laughs> you know? Now, one of the other things I think that I brought back was just the the will to execute and take action. And I know that sounds weird because I do a lot of shit, right? I'm always doing other shit and I've got all these different projects going on. But, you know, just this past week, I organized a fundraiser for a local uh, family, uh, a woman and her son, and we killed the goal in less than 48 hours which was awesome I think it was less than 36 hours and so we're gonna finally get them a home and I think and this is kind of my shame to say it but I think beforehand I probably would have been like and matter of fact I think I was like oh man that sucks I wish him the best and then did jack shit about it you know and this time after was different. I guess it was maybe my eyes were opened or I stopped acting like a little bitch. <laughs> hey, I'll call myself out. I don't care. But uh, it was cool because as soon as I found out that something had to be done, there was no hesitation. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to fix this. It's not my job to fix it, but I have the ability to fix it. So I'm going to do it. I saw that and... So I, I contributed to that uh, campaign you were leading, and it's yeah, man. It's one of those things where when I I saw you kick it off, I saw it going. It's amazing to be in a position to be able to help, you know. And I was like, like it's I wasn't always at a spot where I'd be like, hey, you know, here's some cash for a total strange. Like I have no idea who these people are, but I know it's important to you, and I know you saying the good people, and through you, I'm like, well, that's all the vetting I need. So I I, I want to help where I can. And people don't realize like what's going on behind the scenes. Nobody has any clue how much time or money is being just given away. And they, you, you'll catch a lot of flack, you'll catch a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, you did good. You know, and, and whether anybody pats you in the back or not, you know you did the right thing. And that's why, you know, Anthony catch, catches so much crap for 21 because of his, his promotion, his angle on it. But he's like a lightning rod. And nobody realized while he's getting slammed for all these things that's wrong with, oh, 21 bad, dream bad, you know, all the speakers are not catching that flack and we're free to move. We're free to help all those men in attendance, you know, hours. And I mean, you saw it by the pool, just, they would pull up, they'd see FOE, they're like, what the hell is this group of dudes? And they just walk <laughs> the seat, they sit down and all of a sudden they're having conversations that might change their entire lives. That was the coolest part, man. We were just all sitting there and it was me and a few of the other guys from the FOE and oh, here comes Tony Bruno. He just plops a seat. Here comes this random dude that I've never met. Just comes over and plops a seat. And you know, here comes Jack Donovan. He comes over and plops a seat. You come out, bam! You plop a seat, and you see all these dudes walking by with their wives, and they're just kind of looking over, like, I kind of want to go hang out with them. <laughs> it was great, dude. It was great, and 
a couple of them did just walk over and sit down and start striking up conversations. I didn't even like meet them myself, but I saw random dudes just coming out who were at the resort. They weren't even attendees. They just walked over and sat down and started smoking a cigar with, with some of the other guys who were there. And it was cool to see that. And I think if there were more elements like that, you know, around, you know, even in people's local communities, you just look over and you see a bunch of dudes that don't really appear to know each other, but just sitting there chilling. You walk over there and have a conversation. It's like when you see two dudes working on a car, you just walk over there and talk. You don't give a shit about their car. You're just talking. And that was, that was amazing to see. It's an element that I believe is missing in many communities. And it's interesting because the guys would show up whether they were attendees or just chilling at the hotel. And it was pretty much the, along the same lines of like, so what are you guys? <laughs> like, like what, do you, what do you do? Why are all of you together and talking? Because you know, it's such a foreign thing to see a bunch of dudes just sitting and no wives or kids or anything. Like just dudes sitting being men talking about whatever they want. They're like, wow, that's, what is this? <laughs> what is this thing you have going on here? Yeah. You know, and especially since, uh, you know, we did the king shit. You know, they had no no smoking on the pool deck. We had 50 dudes sitting around one table. We stole all of the chairs and everybody had a cigar. <laughs> Security just walks by and he's like, oh, there's 50 dudes. Right on. <laughs> Didn't give a you shit. You guys win. You win this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody said shit to us the whole time. It was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely missing. You see it. Um, it. Well, where I live, it's kind of different because I live out here in the backwoods, and you always see, like, a four-wheeler just pull up in someone's yard. Next thing you know, there's five dudes standing around drinking Bud Light, talking about tools and wives and jokes and shit, you know. And it's cool to see that, but a lot of people live in these communities where that's not a reality because they don't know their neighbors and they don't know um, – uh, people that have like-minded interests without having to physically leave to go somewhere with the intention of hanging out with other guys. When you when you first got there, you know, I was, I was walking into the hallway, and I actually heard your voice before I saw you. You just like my body just snapped left. I was like, what's up? As you were there and you got to meet all the men, were there any surprises? good or bad, you know, through all the speakers or the attendees or even the FOE guys that you see pretty much weekly? Not really. I mean, it's, it was certainly different, finally shaking hands and breaking bread with them. But I mean, I, I see these guys every week on a Zoom call. You know, we've done, you know, countless, you know, whether it be a podcast or a private phone call or texting back and forth. So I've kind of got to know, um, a lot of them uh, who were there uh, pretty well over the past two years. Uh, one of our guys, Pete, he and I haven't interacted much, and he ended up being the one dude that I hung out with the most, and we got to know each other really well. We only live like five hours apart, so we're going to try to make something happen. Nice. But there were some guys that I haven't interacted with much because maybe just time or subject matter if he was talking about something or I was talking about something that we didn't really have an opinion on so we never really interacted that much over uh our foe meetings but then meeting in person you know i think we equally bought each other as many coffees as possible just to go and sit and hang out and talk which was pretty cool i like how it's just like an instant pickup hey you're a dude me too all right we're friends let's talk yeah that, that's it oh hey look you're a dude and you're here let's be friends
we are friends. We've known each other for 35 years. <laughs> Instantly. It's cool that guys can do that, though. Women can't. I recorded a podcast with Adam Lane Smith, and it, we were talking about how to make friends as an adult. And I think there are a lot of men who might be listening to this right now that, well, I don't have a 21 convention. Like, dude, it, it's literally as simple as just speaking. Just, hey, you're interested in this thing? Me too. Let's talk. And all of a sudden, you give each other permission to actually open up to somebody and connect. And it's almost a foreign thing nowadays to, to truly just have a conversation of things that maybe you don't normally talk to people about. Like, hey, dude, you know, I saw you doing this with your son. I don't normally do that with my son. How did you go about this? And all of a sudden, you're talking about parenting or, or whatever the hell. That's a nice watch. You know, Boom. don't say don't say <laughs> that at the, I mean, if you say that at the urinal, you're probably going to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> Just lean over. It's a nice watch you got there. But, uh, yeah, it's it's simple. I mean, we we get, you know, badgered a lot, but truly, guys are really simple creatures. We can be sitting there with nothing to do, and there's gravel and a tree. Guess what we're doing? We're throwing rocks at that tree to see how many times we can hit it. And next thing you know, we're having conversations about our families and our lives and just whatever the hell comes up. Yeah. You can be in the same room with a dude for five seconds, and next thing you know, you're going to talk about sports, weather, whatever. And then you walk away. Maybe it was a waiting room at a doctor's office, and I was you know, that guy's pretty cool. I don't even know his fucking name, but he's the best friend I ever had. <laughs> you know? do you think the last time a lot of these guys, you know, there are some in attendance where when's the last time they saw anybody else or had a conversation without their wife being a part of it? Oh, God. I know there's probably a lot. Dude, think about that. Like, some of the guys are like, this is the first time they can just riff, you know? Yeah. they And you could tell a lot of them had it all bottled up. Oh, dude, those are the best. When they come to you and they're just like, Whoa. Yeah, word vomit. life story, and you're like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like, whoa. And you're like, uh, thanks for sharing all of that. By the way, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it, it's cool, and at the same time, it's sad because you see that they're missing that. And one event a year that they may not always get to go to is nearly, not nearly enough. Oh, God, no. That's what I said, you know, that's what I hope men bring home is just that desire to continue to connect, continue to talk, to continue to do, continue to do things. I mean, not all of us can go home and then, you know, meet the, the NASCAR driver that we're sponsoring. Some of us came home and just had normal Zooms, but apparently that's what happens if you're in the Putnam clan. So let, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second because you didn't go home to relax. <laughs> you went home to fucking NASCAR. Dude, I'm freaking tired. I told my wife, I said, I'm probably going to take a break until July 4th. Because I'm exhausted. Between the convention, I told my wife, I said, you know, I've probably met more people and shaken more hands in these past 10 days than I have in 20 years. You know, but that was cool. Uh, for those of you who don't know yet, uh, I'm working on a sponsorship deal with NASCAR. I will be sponsoring the number 08 driver in the Xfinity Series, Joe Graff Jr., who is one year older than my oldest son, but three feet taller than me. Uh, <clears throat> last night, we had the opportunity to go out to the track, uh, watch the race, and then do a little meet and greet with him afterwards. He, he was very gracious. He's a cool dude. Very gracious with my kids. Um, little happy birthday thing for my youngest. And my 17-year-old was hitting him up about playing Fortnite and Call of Duty online. 
So it's cool to see shit like that. And it's really weird that that has become my life, you know, of meeting with these people. And, you know, I've got a Zoom call uh, a week from tomorrow with the VP of NASCAR's son, who was also a, a driver back in the day. I've got, I've got to fly out to other NASCAR events to talk to investors. I never thought that that would be part of my life, and now that's what it is. So it, it really feels like 2020 has been the best goddamn year ever. And it's funny because that goes in the face of everything that we're told to feel. Oh, yeah. Be afraid. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is the year I taught my kids to swim and ride a bike. I dropped a pen name. I, I released products. Like, it's been a great year. But that's not a good thing to say because everybody else is like, no, it's not. It's terrible. Not to me. Yeah. I mean, this has been awesome. I think it's more about what you make it, though, because a lot of guys, you know, they're, they think of it as being stuck at home with their wife and kids. And it, uh, I'm not taking anything away from the guys who lost their livelihoods and started struggling really hard, you know, because of the events of 2020. But I lost my job, too. And, yeah, I had a backup plan already in motion. But even before that, I was looking at it as an opportunity to learn who the hell my wife and kids are, considering I spent 80 hours a week at work. You know, it was an opportunity more than a burden. Would you say that most burdens are presenting opportunities? Uh, yeah, for some kind of growth, because you can't grow without hurting something or, you know, it's there's no growth without pain and sacrifice. You know, it's why we get sore after the gym to use that metaphor. We're, we're tearing so that we can grow. You, you hear guys talk about their struggles and then you hear guys like yourself. I keep saying guys, you hear men talking about like, Oh, 2020, you know, my, my job's hard. I got to zoom. My kids are now stuck at home zooming, but I, I, I got to work and help them with their school and all these problems, problems, problems. How have you found a way to, to view problems as opportunities to grow or change or adapt your, your just deal with the times, you know, tumble and turn? Because if maybe if how you share how you did it, these other guys will be able to see how they can do it as well. Because that's the biggest thing, right? Just being able to change your mindset. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> when I was in high school, I took auto mechanics and now I see a check engine light come on or I hear a noise under the hood of my car or my son's car or my truck or whatever. I immediately try to maybe diagnose it like a mechanic would. And so now if anything happens, I treat it like a symptom of an engine that needs to be fixed. What do I got to do? What steps do I have to take? What parts do I have to remove, you know, to get to the issue and solve it? So now everything is just a, a freaking puzzle to solve. That's the only way I look at it. And a lot of times I don't feel like it. I know it's going to take a lot of work, but then I can't drive the son of a bitch if it doesn't work. So it's more of a, this shit just has to get done. I can bitch about it or I can get it done. And if I get it done, I'll stop wanting to bitch about it. And maybe I'll learn a few things along the way. Oh, you know what? I didn't even know that part existed. And you find something else that you can work on. And just doing one problem at a time, no matter what it is, you know, I had 50 problems pile up on me at once in 2020. And, all right, I'm just going to do on work on one at a time. You know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know, unless you're Amy Schumer. 
<laughs> but that, that that's all it is, man. I just look at one little thing to do and, all right, well, I got to fix this. I can just shut the fuck up and fix it. I think it goes back to a point you made earlier. You know, all of us, we are the only us. You should feel pride in that. You should be confident in that. But there's there's almost a freedom to knowing that you're not special enough for life to do anything just to you. Yeah. Life is not being bad to you right now. It just is. And you're like, well, if life just is and it's not going out of its way to screw with me, maybe I can overcome this or maybe I can work around it because everybody else is dealing with the same crap. And they're not winning on accident. They're winning because they're making better decisions. So maybe if you stop thinking that the world is trying to hold you down, and in fact, you just need to make some better decisions, you know, adapt it and turn that, uh, that flaw into a feature that you can use for fuel, you know, all of a sudden you're going to find success as well. Yeah, because it's really easy to, you know, that whole phrase, when it rains, it pours. It's like, ah, oh, fuck, one more thing happened. Great. Why me? I mean, why not you? Are you so freaking special that you deserve to not have a flat tire or an accidental overdraft because you didn't move money somewhere uh, in time before a bill hit or... Are you so special and important that you shouldn't stub your pinky toe on the goddamn coffee table every time you walk past it? No, you're just a dude. It, shit happens. You suck it up and you just keep rolling. My wife used to be one of those like, all right, well, this thing's happening or that thing's happening. And I was like, she never understood how I was like, all right, cool. Let's figure it out. <laughs> like, like, it's what I, like, I'm such like a, a chill dude when it comes to things happening. I'm just like, I will figure it out. Like, I don't you're not chill it. on stage at all. I'm pretty chill. <laughs> no, you're not. I, I got pictures of you, man. You were walking around with like a, a scowl and a grizzly bear pose. That's my happy face. That's my well, chill it's funny. face. It's funny. See, I, I missed your first speech. And I didn't even get to see all of this one because I was hopping in my Uber to head back to the airport. And I saw the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of it before... Anthony was like, hey, come here, I got to talk. <laughs> you know, and then I bumped into Ivan outside, and then I was like, well, shit, I'm going to miss my plane. I got to get in the fucking Uber. But uh, no, you had this, you have an entirely different presence because I've talked to you in person. We've broke bread together. We've talked over these things a thousand times. But then I see you on stage. You're not fucking chill. Even the way you introduced me for my speech, you're not fucking chill. You're an animal. And I just want to let, I just wanted to interject on there. And uh, into the middle of your story, you're a fucking animal on stage. And I, I think it's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully those vibes get to the men who need it and charge them up so they can go forward and seize the day. Yeah, I was waiting on you to just start, like, flipping people off. You know, you look, <laughs> you're you know, there. He keeps on, like, raising, the, like, 4K, 6K. I'm waiting for 3D so I can, like, come through a screen and be like, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, back to what you were saying about your wife thinks that, uh, you're crazy for being so chill about shit. I don't even know where it's going with that. No. <laughs> just it's just a point. Just a fact. Just you know? a point. I guess I guess my, my closing point on that would be she is now like that. She now falls like if something happens, she's like, All right, we'll figure it out. It's all gravy. Yeah, I got you. You know, like I told you this morning and earlier, um, <clears throat> my wife has always been this super indoorsy girl. I took my wife camping. Uh, in Rio Doso, New Mexico, one time on uh, an Apache reservation. And we picked the perfect spot. I mean, we were 
directly across from the entire tribe from that res who were doing sing song all night and beating on their drums. So that was the perfect initial camping experience for my wife. That was who I sold her on going for a, a nice peaceful night in the woods to the sounds of nature. That did not happen at all. Welcome to Jumanji. Yeah, and then we had a freak thunderstorm, and then got super cold because we're up in the mountains, and my wife ended up sleeping in the truck with a heater on. So, is that called yeah. clamping? Yeah. yeah. So that so my wife is a super indoorsy person, and then yesterday at the race, he came pouring down rain, and I was immediately going, "Oh God, she's going to be so pissed that I brought her out to this thing." And then I look over, and she's got this the cat that ate the canary grin on her face, and she's all like into the race. You know, and she's just breaking out ponchos for everybody. All right, cover up. Let's go. Because she was all in it. So I, I, I like to think that my energy that I brought back uh, is starting to rub off on her as well. I wonder how much of that goes to the point that, you know, when you first started Ragged Legacy and you started growing and things started working for you, like obviously money coming in is a sign of like, all right, what he's doing, there is a return to the family that's positive for this. But now that you are, you're going to conventions, she's seeing photos of you leading these men. And now she sees you being like, these are national companies speaking to you. You know, she's seeing like, wow, like, look what he's done. Maybe it's, it's becoming more real for her in that end. Maybe. I know my wife uh, uh, always has this kind of a grudge competition thing against her sisters. And so recently she's been taking all of my pictures and uh, that people are, you know, like from the convention and uh, anytime I get on, you know, a call with the guys from NASCAR or some other company, she's always just posting about it on her Facebook bragging. So it, it's really weird that my wife is now bragging about me, but I like it. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, considering, again, like what you mentioned when I first started, my wife was like, just don't tell me that you're going to spend this money. Just spend it and don't tell me because I was getting ready to pay the initial huge invoice that was our entire savings account to start Rugged Legacy. If you look at, so now going back over our history, just you and I going back and forth, we, we had conversations on Rugged Legacy that we spoke on fatherhood. We did some morning brews, engaged on Twitter. You spoke to me in my first day without a job. I spoke to you in your first day without a job. Now you're on stage giving speeches to men. Like that's a lot in a very short amount of time. And God. So, so I guess what's the next, if there is a next goal, what's the next big mountain you're trying to climb? Oh, I'm going to get a condo on Mars. I sort of figured, you know, I was going to say Venus or Uranus because you're huge into Uranus. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, I guess Mars. Yeah. I know. Mars is a little less invasive than Uranus. It's all about the lube. So, I <laughs> completely hijacked your podcast. What? Where were we going with this? <laughs> This was a follow-up to our first half yes. of the conversation right. that we had we had in my hotel room. And this was originally supposed to be 30 minutes, but we've way gone over. So this will be officially the longest podcast that I've ever done. I was like, there was a theme here, and I completely lost what that theme was. Yeah, but I think people will like it anyway, just because it's a uh, it's regular conversation. But, you know, in hindsight of 21Con, that was my first time ever going in my first time ever going, I was a speaker. Uh, you know, Anthony invited me back to speak again. Of course, I said yes. Uh, but all in all, the takeaway from it is the conversations that that happened 
after the speeches, out by the pool, at the bar, during dinner, with random strangers and attendees and the men who all were, who went, that is where the real work and the real magic happened. You know, that's where the most difference was made because you're watching a guy on stage and you're drinking through a fire hose. And then when you sit down and you break bread with the man and you're, you know, smoking a cigar and you can talk to him one-on-one, that's when the real growth and mentorship kind of takes over. If you could bottle that up, you know, I've tried to explain the same thing and you just can't explain it. You have to live it. But it's like, look, when you can just sit down, I mean, we, you talk just as much shit as you do growth. You know, and it's it, guys are caught off guard at first who aren't used to that male environment. But it's like, look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm jabbing you a little bit just to see like where you're at. You know, where we're in that level. And when they give it back, you're like, all right, cool. We can we can exchange blows. And in, in between, let's talk about this serious thing we're working on. All right, let's talk some shit. Now let's talk about your relationship. Let's talk some shit. Let's talk about your personal goals. You know, and guys see like, oh, it's okay to laugh and have fun while doing the work. You can work on yourself as a man while having a great time and having some fun with friends. And I wish, you know, obviously for, for obvious reasons, you can't share that side of everything of 21. But it, for those listening who are like, ah, oh, maybe next year, you know, what you see on the stage is, is so powerful and, and what sh- is, it shares, you know, to millions through YouTube. But what happens off that stage? What happens through the rest of those hours, sitting down, talking during speeches, uh, during meals, afterwards, grabbing cigars, you know, they have all the events just for 21 VIP clubs. I mean, all those discussions are where the real work is done, where the real information is exchanged. And then the, the big speeches are like the, the grand finale. But all those other fireworks are just as important. Yeah. And, you know, I think for the, you know, before we wrap up here, I think the biggest issue is that guys are very averse to talking about their problems with anyone. And they think maybe they have this impression that sharing your your struggles or just your life and bullshit you're dealing with that is going to feel like they're sitting on a goddamn couch in a therapist's office. And I'm not knocking therapy or anything, but it's not like that. You can just you don't even have to really say what you mean because we as guys just get it when you kind of infer. Have coffee, a cigarette, a cigar, a pipe you know, a beer with a guy and just, you can randomly beat around the bush and you can figure some shit out just with a real conversation, but you got to make the effort to have those conversations. Exactly. You got to face it. You got to deal with it. You got to improve. What's the, what's the alternative? You stay where you are. That's a death. Yeah. Like, fuck that. You, you did everything else and that's why you're here. Maybe doing it a little differently to get to where you want to go is the missing component for a lot of guys. Yeah, I agree. Fun. We have ran 30 minutes over the original 30-minute goal. So this will be an hour-and-a-half podcast. I'm going to just go ahead and get this released today. So, guys, thanks for listening. We will have more episodes where it's just Zach and I co-hosting and riffing off of that week's events. I think that would be a cool idea. I dig it. But make sure you subscribe to the Family Alpha podcast that Zach runs. It is on SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribed to this one. Share it to everyone. It's everywhere. And be sure to follow Zach at Zach underscore small. No. 
Zach Small underscore. We've been through this. Okay. <laughs> Zach Small underscore. Well, you can't get my company name right, so fuck you. <laughs> but, all right, that's going to do it for this one, guys. I appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you later. Later, Zach. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Rugged Legacy Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the content on all of the episodes, especially this one here. If you'd like to become a contributor and support this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash rugged legacy and click on the support icon. Everyone wants to rise from the ashes, but very few are willing to set themselves on fire. This has been a Rugged Legacy production.